I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, our weekly podcast to help you through your quarantine. Although, if you don't live inside Victoria, you don't really know what it's like. So, this podcast is dedicated to everyone in Victoria because this this lockdown is kicking our butts. Hope you're all hanging in there. I'm here with my dad, John Verhoeven. Uh, dad, we keep getting emails and messages and DMs about... An episode we did a couple of weeks back about really creepy stuff because you worked at a funeral home, you're a cop, you're a firefighter, everyone knows all this stuff about you. And some of our favorite stories and favorite cases are the ones that are really fucking strange. And we, look, we've gotten a lot of requests for more strange stories. And I mean, do you have anything odd? that you haven't already told listeners? like, what, like and, and why do you think so much kind of creepy, borderline occult stuff happens to people who work in the emergency services? Well, Paul, my lovely, lovely son, um, I haven't said that on air before, but I'm grateful to be chatting with you, as everyone knows. And firstly, first and foremost, commiserations and heartfelt regards to everyone in Victoria mm. in relation to what's happening. Christine and I started watching this thing on Netflix last night, and it's about a serial killer. Hang on. Is this Des? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's fucking amazing. No, it's it's so distressing. Yeah. Um, And I'd like to point out to the listeners front and center that Netflix do not sponsor this show. No. So, uh, just... They could if they wanted to. I mean, it wouldn't be a... Yeah. Yeah. But did you... So, you watched it last night, did you? Yeah, we watched the first two episodes of Des. Okay. Um... You recall that he had been in the uh, the London Constabulary for a while. Mm-hmm. Do you recall why he was kicked out of the police force? Uh, it was something to do with masturbating at the scene of crimes. Was that no, correct? No, no. It was at the morgue. Okay. Now, bear in mind, look, a lot of people watching Des don't actually know what happens after this. I I'm mean, because gonna, it- Yeah, I won't talk about it. I just wanted to say that I'm mm. sitting on the lounge last night mm-hmm. and it was such a tiny almost minute bit of information that I don't know whether everyone would have gleaned. Now, in my sort of detective, uh, I went sort of into detective mode today to do some research. Yes. And there's a hell of a lot of material about this particular guy that was not suitable to be broadcast. And I started uh, doing some research, which I found fascinating. Mm -hmm. But when I heard that this guy was jacking off in the morgue, um, I thought that's pretty weird. And then I started to think about some of our previous stories, Paul, um, i.e. the guy that... Remember that one about the guy in the panel van? Um, oh, yes. So, for those of you who don't... I mean, everyone's going to remember that story, but it was where there was a van parked by the side of the road. A highway patrol officer pulled up. There was no one in the van. He went round to the back, opened it, and there was a mortician having sex with the body by the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very, very disturbing. Mm. 
And uh, But that's not what we're talking about today. But I just thought we'd start off by saying that there are some pretty weird and wacky people out there. And it's like it's a bit like going down the rabbit hole, this series, Paul. Yeah. Um, now, I've been getting some very interesting photographs from members of the medical profession, both here and overseas, of... Because we did that thing on the Pavlova magic. <laughs> yeah, the egg, the Pavlova the egg. magic egg, yes. But incredibly, yes. Uh, a, a guy happened to be in the nude mm-hmm. and he was just walking through his house. He happened to sit on a chair that happened to have that Pavlova magic just just sitting there. Yeah. All lubed up. Went right up his jacket. And he, and he lost it. Yeah. Up his... Uh, up his... Up his... What's the word? Up his... Well, it passed through well, his sphincter. Well, I mean, it's, word. you know, it's, it's, it's a Pavlova magic and it disappeared. Yeah. Which is also a form of magic. So... And it's incredible in that I'm wondering whether... Did we... <laughs> did we actually discuss whether or not it was possible that inside, if it was in the right conditions, it may have turned into a Pavlova? Did we touch on that? Uh, are you saying that if it had broken open and yes, yeah. and, and things had really just the stars had aligned, so to speak, mm, then you yeah. could basically eject an in, in like an intact pavlova? Well, no. Okay, because you got to keep you, Dad. You got to keep that that yeah. meringue moving, and really, yeah, I don't true. think anyone's got inside strong enough to. No, you're right. Anyway, right. yeah. But um, Paul, this little fact that I'm yeah. about to share with you and the listeners, I. Uh, I just actually can't believe it, but it's true because I have in front of me a photograph of something mm-hmm. sent in by one of our magnificent listeners, and it is—it's of a large, um, well, it's like a bullet, but it's a shell. It's an anti-aircraft um, shell. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yes, I do. And, I do. And it's of yes. decent size. Now, this particular member of the um, Air Force, I'm not going to say which Air Force, he had a very bad case of piles. And what he used to do for many, many, many years, he used to, he almost had a prolapsed anus, which looks like a, a tomato hanging out of your bum. And uh, what he used to do, he used to use this shell. Well, it was actually the entire bullet. In, in fact, it was live ammunition. And he would, because you know they're pointed at one end. Yeah. He would in he would use that as a sort of makeshift surgical implement to press his piles back into his rectum. And he did that for years and years and years, and it worked absolutely perfectly. Every time he had piles. Now, I don't recommend people do this at home, particularly with live ammo. But he would use this large projectile that if he had have popped it into a machine gun, well, actually something a lot bigger than a machine gun, it would have actually fired, which is takes you into a hole. I mean, that's actually weird in itself, knowing that you're actually putting a, um, a bullet of some description that has the potential to explode, mm. um, like the Pavlova magic. But it's yeah, he could have um, he could have shot his pants. Yeah, but he but Paul, can you believe that he used to use this large shell to press his piles back into his rectum, and then guess what happened? It went off. No. Oh. He he got it. It it vanished into his um into his nether regions, and he actually couldn't um he couldn't retrieve it. So then he presented at a hospital. And they removed the live shell 
from his uh, from his rectum, and I'm actually sitting talking to you, and I have a photograph of the said shell uh, in my right hand. What's in your left hand, Dad? Um, a pen. Okay, cool. Um, Is that an incredible story? It's pretty disgusting. I mean, it's pretty disgusting. I, I think the human body is revolting. Um, look, I mean, you were, we were mentioning, you know, things that were borderline supernatural before. Mm, that yeah, That's yeah. disgusting. That's not supernatural. No, no, no. Mm. Well, it's not... Yeah, it's neither super or natural, <laughs> but possibly more super okay. than natural. Um, but, but I actually think that in this particular case... Um, because the story's too bizarre to be not true. Yeah. I mean, the story's true, but I also actually, believe it or not, listeners, kind of do tend to err on his side insofar as I actually believed that the purpose of that shell was actually, as he'd said, was simply to uh, press things back in that had popped out. Why not just see a doctor and avoid putting live munitions up your asshole? Hmm. Or or just eat more roughage. You think roughage will pull it back in? <laughs> No, but it might help the actual root problem. Dad, if you've ever had... I mean, root was the problem. If you've ever had a cassette and the, and it's become unspooled and you've tried to get that tape back in no, there, man. it's difficult. But it at is. no point are you going to use a live shell... Yeah, anyway. Mm. Paul, um, because um, we've been talking about crime and also the funeral industry, mm-hmm. in early England and in early Europe... Um, have you've seen some of the magnificent um, early drawings of the anatomical drawings? Yes. And they are spectacular in their detail. But have you ever thought about how they actually got that detail? Have you thought about how they actually... Um, it is weird that you bring that up because we were watching, you know, as, as mentioned, we were watching Des last night. And one of the things that this guy does, as played by David Tennant, he... He gives drawings that he drew of the bodies of the people he killed, of his victims, um, to his biographer. And they look like um, there's a there's an artist called David uh, Wrigley. David, um, Was he a it, chewing it, gum guy? No, David. Hang on. David Shrigley. David Wrigley. David... Squiggly? Yes. No, it's David... Shri- it's not Mr. Sh- Mr. Squiggle. Uh, it's David Shrigley, and he's a very, very, very good artist, very prominent, had an amazing exhibit at the NGV. Mm. And what was unsettling was seeing that the drawings done by Des of dead bodies were remarkably similar. But these weren't anatomically correct. These were mm. very stylized. Mm. Mm. I, I, look, my guess would be, in order to paint... Sorry, draw dead bodies, you would have to maybe... Uh, go to a morgue yes, and yeah. um, slip them a twenty and ask if you can draw some dead bodies. Is that correct? Um, well, well, that may have happened in in, in olden days or in corrupt regimes. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But you'd have two chances, and one of them was William Buckley. You've heard that expression, none and Buckleys. Uh, yes. Good. Yes. So, um, no. But back then, <laughs> Paul. Yeah. Why? Why are you laughing? Because you just said, no, it was funny. It's fine. Keep oh, going. Cool. Um, so, uh, back in, say, the time of Leonardo da Vinci mm-hmm. and, um, you know, all the great artists of that time, they did extraordinary anatomical drawings. Now, what they used to do, they obviously needed bodies and they had sharp knives that would do all sorts of different cuts and they employed grave diggers. And the grave diggers would go out um, generally at night time and they would wait for a freshly 
buried body to uh, to be buried, funnily enough. Yeah, yeah. They would then go, uh, generally working as a pair, they would exhume the body, they would take it to the uh, to the hospital, to the surgeons, to the artists, to the, the people that were interested in doing those types of drawings, and they would get paid. And uh, then the the artist and the surgeons would commence doing fascinating early anatomical, um, you know, sort of bisections and uh, dissections and uh, and all sorts of artistic... Because uh, that's how they were learning in those days, learning about the body. And the grave diggers, when they were... Um, when things were quiet, funnily enough, they would then not go to the uh, cemetery. They'd simply murder people and deliver them, d- deliver them to the... Uh, the hospitals and the uh, and those establishments. So they were actually, and sometimes they'd get caught and, and, and executed themselves. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. But um, some of the things that these incredible masters of um of that sort of post-mortem early early era would do is that they would uh skin the body have you heard of that paul it's they call it flailing uh yes i've seen yes the um a flail uh was a torture device used to basically whip the skin off people's bodies i knew that much so so it's just how and how on earth because i've actually um i've when i was a teenager i uh, witnessed the skinning of a kangaroo and I remember how incredibly um, delicate the process is because they don't want to nick the fur, put a hole in it and yeah. they, they try and get it off in one in one sort of slice, one sort of pull so to speak mm. and I didn't know that the human skin was actually capable of um, being able to be sort of removed Ooh. from the body and you recall Paul that um, you remember that prostitute that uh, was on over the cliff and uh, I was led down that rope with my cameras to photograph her uh-huh. and we then went back to the mortuary and her skin um it was like leather it was like tanned leather and um it 
was very, very, um, I, I often thought, um, you know, sort of that that leathering process, it, it became, well, like mummification, where it become. have you ever seen a mummified body? Uh, yes, I, be- I mean, I've seen really, really old mummified bodies. I guess, mm. I mean, I've talked very often on the on the show how I haven't really seen dead bodies, but I've seen mummies, so I, I don't know if that counts. Mm. Well, you know how their skin becomes very sort of leather-like. Yeah. Um, so, in the 17th century in Iceland, things were fairly, uh, fairly crook. Mm. And uh, the, there was a, did you know that there was an amazing movement back then uh, with witchcraft in Iceland in the 17th century? No. And it was the same as in uh, Salem in America? And they used to burn witches at the yes, stake. Yes, yes, yeah. But in, in, in America, the witches were generally female. But in Iceland, in the 17th century, the witches were... Can you guess? Are they men? Men. Well, they're warlocks then. But So, you, are you saying that at the same time America was burning women, Iceland was burning men? Yes. That is fucking crazy. That is so... And, and yet we know... Yeah. That... Uh, or oh, look, let's rephrase that. I mean, historically speaking, it would be a tenuous connection, I believe, between um, Salem and Iceland. I mean, it's it's difficult enough, and not that many people in the world have gone to Iceland even today. Yeah, it was a remote, very tough country. Incredible weather, um, diabolical conditions, and the the poor people they they were they were frankly miserable, and. Um, now, I'm going to tell a little story now, and I have seen in my life some incredibly weird stuff, but the story that I'm about to regale you and the listeners, I have a feeling, is going to take things to a level that we haven't been to. I, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm putting it out there. So, people were so poor, they were so miserable, and one of the things that people used to do um imagine if i wanted to become wealthy and i was a pauper what i would do is that i would approach a male friend of mine Uh and i would say to him when you die i want permission from you to dig up your body i want to cut you right around the waist right round i then want to in one piece i want to remove your outer skin from your waist down to all the way down your legs, your feet, your toes, in one perfect, like a double pair of trousers. You with me? Skin Uh pants. Necro pants, they call them. You must maintain the penis and scrotum in its entirety. Then once you've done that, you then have to go to the wife of the owner of the skin pants. Yeah. You have to break into her house. You have to steal one coin. You then insert that one coin into the scrotum of the necropants. How's this sounding so far? Like a really bad D&D campaign. Continue. And then you would get a little note, a little piece of paper, and you would draw some demonic symbols you would then insert that little tiny note with the coin 
into the scrotum, you would then put the pants on. Once you were wearing your friend's necro pants. <laughs> Stop saying necro pants. I just love it. It's so bad. Oh my God. Can you imagine why you wanted to do this? Um, you were going to a really edgy club and you had to impress them to get in. <clears throat> the belief was yep. that every single day for the rest of your life, gold coins would appear in the scrotum. Isn't that incredible? Talk in about the scrotum money in the on bank. the pa- in, now. This is just to be clear. This is not in your the... scrotum, but the scrotum that had belonged to your friend. The scrotum of the necropants would secrete <laughs> coins for the rest of every day. The fuck is wrong with people? Get a hobby that isn't. No, but isn't that just so? It's crazy. It's fantastic. Now that's. I think that's quite an extraordinary story. Um, and would you mind if I told you one other Icelandic seriously bad story? Please do, because I'm sitting here going, all right, they had necropants, they burned men instead of women. I am starting to like these people. Mm. All right, yeah, please, uh, you, hook us up. But but you know, Paul, they still believe in... Uh, they've got a strong belief in... Do they call them pixies or elves or... There's something in Iceland where... Yeah. And someone will write in, no doubt. And they've even been known, because they have these tiny little houses, mm-hmm. and they've even been known if they, if they feel that there are these uh, little people living in these stone houses, they have been known to divert roads around their little communities. And that's today. Okay? Yeah, please hook me out with this story because I think um, myself and the listeners are are keen as mustard. All right. This this next story is really, really distressing. Oh, God, look, it's it's affecting my speech um, pathology. Um, And... Maybe maybe your necropants are too tight. Um... Now, I've only ever done this once before, but um, mum, if you're listening, please put your fingers in your ears. That's one finger in each ear, uh, because this next thing's you'll find it quite distressing, and perhaps everyone will. But uh, there was this thing called the Tilbury, and the poor, poor people, if they wanted to get goat's milk... um, which they used to make cheese, Mm -hmm. and it was... And not everyone could afford a goat, but what you could do is that you would go to a cemetery and you would remove the rib of a dead person you would bring that rib home and this is a woman doing this by the way not a man sure yeah then the woman would wrap the rib up in wool sheep's wool and then she would hold the rib for three weeks between her breasts she would then go to church but she would not swallow the host. She would spit it out to feed this creature that was... <laughs> this is real, Paul. This is so bad. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but just bear with me. This thing would come alive, they believed, and it had a tiny, tiny little face and a little mouth, and it would suck on her inner thigh, and it would sort of... Eventually, this wart would appear. <laughs> Are you still conscious, Paul? Yeah, I'm struggling, but continue. I know, it's so, it's so bad. Anyway, then um, she this, this creature grew between her breasts. And uh, she had to feed it, as you know. Yep, yep. And What was it called, this creature? It was called a Tilbury. A Tilbury. Yeah. That sounds, nice like a, like a, that sounds, sounds like, like a, a country like, town. Like it Tilba sounds like a, like a chain of small town bakeries. Mm. But Oh, it yeah. is. There's a, there is a small country town called the Tilbury Hotel. Tilbury. Yeah. So this uh, was Tilbury. 
Yeah, but and, if I go to um, Tilbury Iceland... I'm yeah, say, and this... Yeah, well, it's, that's, it, that's the name of this particular creature. Yeah, okay. Anyway, at a certain point, the Tilbury would then <gasps> come to life. Then it would make its way to a goat farm. Yeah, And then it would start drinking the goat milk until the Tilbury became distended. <laughs> it would then make its way back home to the lady who would be eagerly waiting, probably in her kitchen, and then she would squeeze the Tilbury and all the goat milk <laughs> would be uh, decanted into a vessel and there she could make goat's milk cheese. Now, I, I think that is... I think for the listeners on a Friday, I think it's it's good. It's um, You think that's good, do you? Well, not good, but I mean, Paul, when I... When listeners alerted me to these stories, and and by the way, yeah, I have more, but I think we maybe if if, if we get a positive response, perhaps <laughs> yep. save them. Yep. Um, but because I also want to talk about um, maybe in, in the coming weeks, Paul, if if you give me, um, you know, um, if you think it's a good idea, mm. I want to go into a particularly um, macabre topic, and that is uh, all the things that I know about that have been made, like we're talking wallets, shoes, all sorts of really quite decent-looking things that have been made out of human skin. Uh, but that's for another, perhaps for another day. I'm, yeah, I mean, we're not going to top necro pants. We just straight up are not going to top necro pants. And that's totally fine. Um, what are we so, up to, have we got time to just tell one zombie story from we, Iceland. Oh, Jesus or? Christ. We, yes, we do. Let's pile on. But just quickly, I want you to go to the um I want you to go to your Tricast link, which is where Dad and I are talking, and I want you to look at the link I just sent you. So I've I've Googled Tilbury. It's T I L B E R I. You had a story about a zombie. <clears throat> yeah. Well another thing that they used to do in Iceland, and Iceland's sounding more and more fascinating by the minute. Mm. Um they would create zombies. Do you know anything about zombies, Paul? I look. I, I know that in um, Haiti they use tetradoxin, which is the venom from a puffer fish, to actually create a sort of state of brain death, and they would then use that to make people susceptible to suggestion, basically strip away their, their um, anything except their motor functions. Um, but I, I honestly didn't think that, and I'm sure from a crime perspective. That would be a fascinating angle, you know, because if someone killed someone but they're a zombie, how do you charge them? But uh, as far as zombies in Iceland, I did not think that was a thing. No, nor did I. But what they used to do, they'd create, they had to do these sort of rituals around the grave and swear. Creating a zombie had a lot to do with swearing. Sure. And, but you had to choose your, uh, your victim or your, the person you wanted to bring back as a zombie because zombies come back in Iceland, at least in Iceland, nine times stronger than a normal man. So if you chose, there were certain occupations of the deceased you were advised not to bring back as zombies. Mm -hmm. So they actually advised you in Iceland not to bring back farmers and fishermen because they were already really strong. So you'd choose a very, very weak male. But when you brought the person back through all the incantations, when they actually came out of the grave in Iceland, the first thing you had to do was look them in the eye and then you had to tongue and lick and suck all the snot that poured out of their nose. Then you had to lick their entire body. Once you'd done that, they were yours for life. Okay? But then the problem was with the zombie in Iceland is that not only would they follow yeah. people you didn't like, they never did anything to them. They just followed them and creeped them out. 
but the downside of this exercise was that they'd follow you or the person you didn't like until they died, but they would then follow the people that were related to that person that they'd been following for seven generations. Isn't that amazing? So when people ask dad for some creepy stories because they liked kind of dad's, you know, true crime ghost stories, what you get is this. This is just just so you all know, this is, you asked for this, I hope you're all happy. Uh, that is, I mean, that unfortunately is all the time we have for this week's episode of Loose Ends. Dad, this is a really good, if not troubling way to keep to keep relatively sane during the lockdown. I hope everyone's doing okay. Um, mm. And if you want to get in touch, please do send us a message over at facebook.com forward slash loose units. And if you haven't already read your copy of Electric Blue, um, read it because it's good. Uh, Dad, do you have anything else you want to say in closing before we wrap this up? I'd like to say that um, I've just finished your um, second book mm. for the second time. <sighs> Snap! I yeah. knew you were going to reread it. That's yeah. lovely, and I'm I'm really really um I'm loving it. And I I'd actually like. Can you organise for me to get a copy of the Audible book? Yeah, because you're in the Audible. You're yeah. in the audio book. So yeah, we'll we'll. I can't believe we don't have that. Yes, look, let's arrange that. I'll get you with the audio book. I think you'll really really like it. We had an amazing sound engineer, Gregor, who is a musician who actually did some original music for the audio book, which is incredible. Uh, so if you've heard the audio book, you will already know about what happens at the end, but don't spoil it for anyone else. Also, one other quick plug. On the 24th of September, um, I'm doing a I'm doing an online Frank talk uh, for the City of Literature. It's basically an online kind of literary thing. It's for Frankston City Libraries. It's I'm going to pop up a link for that on the Facebook page. So that's on the 24th of September. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We miss you all terribly. We hope you're doing well. And we'll see you on Tuesday for a brand new episode of loose units. Bye bye. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.